Okay, um, I'm talking to you about hearing God's voice, and um, I want to read John 18:37 to you. And <clears throat> just start there. It said, Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. And that's what he said, bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So what the Lord is doing here is he is making a personal guarantee that if we are of the truth, we can hear his voice. Now that's what he's saying, meaning he's talking. Now, uh, John 17, 17, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word, your logos, is truth. Your written, written word, the Bible, is the truth. So the Lord came to witness to the word of God, to the written word of God. So what I want to talk to you about this morning is God speaking to us through the scriptures. Okay, God speaking to us through the scriptures. And the reason I want to talk to you about this is there are people sitting in this room right now who do not read the Bible regularly, okay? And I'm talking about Christians in this room who do not read the Bible regularly. Some of them hardly ever, and one of the reasons they do not is because they don't understand the Bible and they get frustrated with it. It's a hard book to them. And I believe what the Lord wants to do is break something off in us that's gotten on us about the Word of God because the Bible is not a book that's to be mentally understood. God wants to, to teach us how to read the Bible to hear his voice because he's speaking through the Bible. And I will say this, probably for me on a personal level, 70 to 80% of what God speaks to me comes through the Bible. Okay, 70 to 80%. The other 20 to 30 comes through other ways where God speaks. Okay, so God really speaks on an ongoing basis and he really wants to speak on an ongoing basis through the Bible. Um, one of the things that Jonathan Edwards said was how to to assess any move or any church if they were a true move or church of the Holy Spirit was where they placed the Scripture, the authority of the Scripture. Was the Scripture, did the Scripture have authority and esteem in that, in that move? And that was a sure sign. So if you really feel like you're a sincere believer, you know, the Scripture should hold a very high place in your life, okay? That's pretty a, a no-brainer. And... Um, but I think what happens to us is many have really gotten off concerning the Word. All right, here's something that Jesus said. He was speaking to some Sadducees, and, of course, they were the people who didn't believe in the resurrection. They did not believe in the supernatural. So you may be... Did you know you could be a Sadducee? That's, that would be a bad thing, wouldn't it? But this is what Jesus said to them. This is in Mark 12. Are you not therefore mistaken because you do not know the Scripture nor the power of God? In other words, he was saying to them, if you don't have a foundation in the Scripture, okay, you're going to miss God. You're going to miss the supernatural. You're going to miss the, the, the invisible attributes of God, the, the power of God. You're going to miss it totally. And, and then he goes on and says, you are greatly mistaken. You're greatly mistaken. And, and so as believers, we can begin into error through not having a real grounding in the Bible. And that's a, that's a, a dangerous thing. But the Lord's also showing, has been showing us, I believe, showing this church back, if y'all remember back when I talked about Luke 24, 45, it says, He opened their mind to understand the Scripture. Remember that? Does anybody remember me talking about that a few months ago? He opened their mind to understand. There was just a download that God wants to give His people right now of a new understanding of the Bible. 
and he's and that's what he's been doing. He's been working on working on our our minds, so we can understand the scriptures. Okay, that's what he's been doing. He's been working on our minds, and, and God has some new revelation that he wants to release from the Word of God into his people. Are y'all good? All right, let me, let's just, first, so the first thing I want to do is I want to go after something that is a big lie that you have been taught. And re, one of the people who've taught you this big lie is me. Okay, I've taught you a lie in the past, and I'm asking you to forgive me right up front for ever using this scripture. Let's put that Second Timothy up there, King James Version. I've used this scripture. I've got notes where I've used this scripture out of King James. Study to show yourself, show thy show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So <clears throat> that's King James study. Okay, let me just tell you something. I'm going to go ahead and just put it to you right here's the lie. Nowhere, nowhere in the Bible, and I dare you to find a place where it says to study. The Bible. That is a mistranslation. Study is there. There's no place in the entire length and breadth of the whole Bible that tells us to study the Bible. Now, that may sound shocking to you, so I'm telling you today, I told you wrong, and I ask you to forgive me when I told you to study the Bible. Let me give you a definition of study, all right? This is important because this, what I want to tell you, if we, if we can break off this yoke off of us, if we could get this burden off of us, some of you who really don't have much of a life in the Word will find yourself having a real life in the Word of God. Okay? If you, if you, I mean, this is good. I mean, this is really good. This can set you free. It really is. It is a relief. Remember what Kathy Waters was talking about, the change thing, that God wanted to get some, some stuff off of us? This is one of them, man. But this, this is what study means. Study is the application of mental facilities to the acquisition of knowledge. That sounds like a pretty powerful studied statement. Let me, that comes from Webster Dictionary, by the way. Study is the application of mental facilities, being your brain, the application of your brain to the acquisition of knowledge. So what I'm telling you, the Bible does not teach us to study it like that. Okay, it is wrong to study the Bible like that. You should not. Let's give this 2 Timothy 2.15 a more reliable translation. 2 Timothy, and we're going to use the New American Standard Bible as the reliable translation here. And this is literal, what the Greek literally says. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed. Accurately hand, handling the word of truth. Be diligent. Now, what is diligent? Diligence is a heart attitude. That's what it is. In other words, what God is saying, what Paul was saying, you know, and the Holy Spirit told him, we need to have a diligence towards the Word of God. A heart attitude of diligence. Now, I'm going to tell you something about diligence. I want to just get off the subject just for a moment and talk to you all about diligence. Okay? Because diligence is really important in your spiritual life. Well, right there it tells you it's important. But see, this is what I've, I've been talking to people who have success in some area of their life. It can be anything. It can be in the natural realm. It can be in the spiritual realm. And one of the common threads that run with all these successful people, whatever it is, is this thing called a heart attitude of diligence. They're diligent towards what they're successful at. In other words, I asked David Walters, what, tell me the one thing that you could say to me why Kathy's ministry has been so successful in the last, since the year 2000. And he said, 
diligence. She's diligent. So I thought, what? I, th- I thought he was going to think, well, you know, she's gotten more spiritual or more something, you know, to me. That's why he was saying, no, she's a very diligent person. And what she does all the time is she works on her relationships she has with because her whole ministry is based on relationships with people. And she constantly works on cultivating and developing those relationships. She works all the time at doing it. She's diligent towards these relationships. Therefore, she has these open doors of places she can go and minister based on a relationship. And you can see that in her already. She's caught, I mean, I talked to her on the phone. They real, you know, at first she's not friendly. You know how British people are. They kind of give you the brush off. They're real standoffish. Now, once they get to know you, they get friendly with you. And that's really what she does. And you find that over and over and over. And what, the parable of the sower, or the parable of the talents, I mean, and the parable of the minas, those are two powerful parables in the Bible where the Lord gave people talents or gifts or something. And what the whole thing was about, are you diligent with what I've given you? In other words, all of us have been given something from God, but not all of us are diligent towards what God's given us. Okay, and I'm not talking about being carnal or anything like that. I'm just telling you, God has put things in all of us, and He wants us to be diligent with those things. And if you really want the things that God has for you, uh, naturally or spiritually, you're going to have to be diligent to really see those things. That's why Paul was saying to Timothy in the Word, we need to be diligent in the Word. We need to go after the Word. The Word needs to be something that we esteem in our life on an ongoing basis. It can't be the only time you hear the Word is when you hear somebody else preach the Word and tell you what they learn from it. That can't be right as a, as a believer. God wants to speak to each of you in the Word of God daily, I believe. Personally speaking, I believe on a daily basis, maybe multi-times. I ain't gotten to the multi yet. I'm going for it. Where you get, when you, where you sit down with God in the Word and God speaks to you something in the Word. Big or little. But he speaks to you on a personal level. He's talking to you through the Word. And that's really what God wants to do. But if we have this thing on us that says we've got to figure it out, we've got to understand it, guess what we're going to do? We're going to push the Word away from us. Okay? That's what we're going to do. And that's why many of you don't read the Bible. Because you don't understand it. Okay? That's really the truth. You don't, nobody's going to read something they don't understand. Or maybe you read it, but you read it mindlessly, or you rush through it every day to read it. I got my Bible reading done. I'm done now. I can move on with my life. But you got nothing out of it. God didn't speak to you. That ain't what God has. God wants to talk to you through this. He wants to say personal things to you. In fact, this is really, really what we need from the preachers and teachers in the world today is for them to get stuff, not trying to get messages from God, but they, God speaks to them out of the Word in their life. And they take what He's spoken to them and that becomes messages that they preach. Really, shouldn't that be the way it is? I mean, preachers should have journals where they can just like, I need a, Lord, I'm going to this church tonight. Let me open my journal tonight. You spoke to me in this scripture last week and I remember you speaking it to me. That's what you have for these people. And you sort of develop a little message around it. Anybody can do that. And God wants to do that. Or maybe just for you personally. Maybe you'll never preach it to anybody. But first what you've got to do is you've got to come to some reality is you have to repent from studying the Bible. I'm serious. You've got to repent from it. You have got to break the curse that you've brought on yourself through study. Because you're doing something the Bible didn't tell you to do. The Bible tells us about 20 times to meditate on His Word. That's what it tells us to do. 
And if you study what meditation means from an Old Testament and New Testament perspective, it means it, there's an aspect of study to it. There really is. There is an aspect of study. There's an aspect of using your reasoning in meditation. But you know, there's another aspect called Bible. Did you know that? Uh, called speaking in tongues when you are with God in the Word. Uh, there's another thing when you ask God, you talk to God. Um, let's read uh, John. I, I don't really have time to go into you know, how to, all that. That's an important message maybe sometimes we'll talk about. But you, you see what I'm saying about study. I'm serious. You need to repent. Probably everybody in this room needs to repent. Everybody in this room has some knowledge about the Bible that they've gained through natural study. And I'm telling you, that knowledge is not good for you. That's not, that's not knowledge revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. That's knowledge you got through mental acquisition. And God wants to free you from that. But you have to repent from it. I know this sounds sort of crazy, but I'm just telling you what the Bible says instead of what somebody else has told you. I'm telling you what the Bible really says about his, itself. All right, let's read John 5, 37 through 40 just to kind of give you a little more insight here. John 5, 37. And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen, seen his form. All right, so here's Jesus talking to the theologians of his day. The people who knew the Bible more than anybody else knew of his day. They would be like the experts in Christianity today who knew more about any, the Bible than anybody else. And guess what he's saying? You have never heard the Father's voice. Never! All your knowledge has blocked you from knowing his voice. That's a serious statement. I think he probably said it like that. I don't think he just said, well, you guys don't really know the Father's voice. No, he cared more about them than that. To sit there and be, you know, be scared about it. Because this is what, what he says. But you do not have his word, his logos, abiding in you. Think about it. These are the people who had the Bible that they had that day memorized. That's what they did for a living. They got up in the morning, instead of going out and digging ditches, they got up and studied the Bible for a living. Did you study the Bible 40 hours? Well, yep, here's your paycheck. And he's saying, it's not in you. It's just not in you. Now, I mean, that's Jesus saying it. He's saying it because all y'all did was use your, your mind. You didn't use your spirit, the Holy Spirit, with your mind. Okay? Because whom he sent... Him you do not believe. So he's saying this is the danger for all of us. Okay, and this, is, this is the danger. Listen to me. Because the word, the written word is not abiding in us, when the living word comes, we're going to miss him. Oh, I didn't miss the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but you're still trying to go that way and he just turned that way. And because the, the Word of God is not a lot, the written Word is not a lot, and you're missing the very God Himself coming and revealing Himself to you. Y'all get that? I mean, if we really want to stay active in the Lord and really stay active in the move of God, this is what Jesus was saying. This is the way you recognize it. This is what teaches you how to recognize when God shows up. This is what teaches you to know when the wind changes, oh, you change with the wind. 
All right, now I was just sharing earlier, this is what's happening right now in the spiritual realm. God is shifting the wind. Okay, now a good sailor, I found out this morning what you call them, they have sailboats, they know how to read the wind. They know when they need, how they need to turn their sails to be able to catch the wind at the right angle. And that's what we had to be. Or if you're a good driver of NASCAR car, you know, on, a, on a, like Daytona Speedway, they use the wind to know what's going on in the car and know what's, how to race. That's what they say. They feel, in fact, Dale Earnhardt, back in his day when he was still alive, that's why he liked a helmet with no face on it. So he could feel the wind on his face to determine what was happening with the cars around him. You know, that's why Tiger Woods and people like that get up there on the golf tee and get grass and start doing that to it to see which way the wind's going so they, so they can make some adjustments with their shots. Well, see, Christians are supposed to be like that with the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to sense the wind. Oh, the Holy Spirit was moving this way, but all of a sudden he seems to be doing something a little bit different. And we're over here all discouraged and messed up because we're still trying to do the wind thing over here. And he's sort of sliding that way. And the way, the way Jesus was saying is you've got to get this word in you so you'll learn about the wind. Are y'all getting this? I'm serious. This is what you do. You want to be a student of the river. You want to be a student of the Holy Spirit. You have to become, let, let, let Him teach it to you. And you've got to be willing to bow yourself and repent about some stuff. And one of the things we have to repent of is what we know about the Bible apart from Him. Because they knew a lot about them. Then he says, You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. But you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. That's just what he said. And that word search means investigate, inquire, study. It's, a, it's, a, it's studying. That's what it is. They're studying the Bible, thinking they're going to get something, but they're refusing, to, <laughs> they're refusing him. Jesus himself was standing there, and they couldn't see him. You see what I'm saying to you? That how it blinds us? Do, do y'all understand what I'm saying? We're blinded. We don't even know it. That's what's the problem with a blind person. If, if everybody around them was blind, they wouldn't know it. Just like a one-eyed guy would be the king on a planet with all blind people. Y'all heard that statement, right? A one-eyed guy is king in a world of blind people. God wants to, he wants to give us eyes to see. He really does. All right, this is what James 3.15 says about this, this type of study. This wisdom, it's talking about wisdom that we gain apart from him, does not descend from above. Okay? And this is what he said to it. First of all, best case for you and me is earthly. Best case. Your wisdom of the Bible received apart from God at best case is earthly. That means there's no power in it. That means it's, it's just like anything else. Well, it looks like it's not going to rain today. That, that doesn't do anything. That's just earthly wisdom, earthly knowledge. But then it, it starts going downhill. It winds up being demonic. And that's why we see cult groups where they go to, sensual, demonic, because their understanding of the Bible is based on nothing from the spirit world. It's all from their natural world. And ultimately, ultimately for all of us, it will lead us to demonic ideals, demonic theologies. A demonic theology will destroy you. 
A demonic theology is a theology that says this can't be God because I don't understand it. That's a demonic theology. When it's the very thing you need. All right, let's read Romans 12, 1 through 2. This is great. This is what you have to do. Now, I'm giving you enough. If you're a wise person this morning, oh, God, please forgive me. So I did. I found me some notes that I had like this that said, study the Bible, <laughs> number one. That's what you need to do. I thought, no. Suddenly the scripture that says, those who teach will be held under greater judgment. I'm thinking, no, I am dead. No, you're not dead yet, but you better repent. Don't you ever do that again. That's unfortunate we have a thing called Bible study, I think. You know, I mean, the thought sounds good, but it's unfortunate. It's not biblical. Bible study is not biblical. You hear me? Let me say it one more time. Bible study is not biblical. It's unfortunate. Bible meditation is biblical. I know you don't want to have to hash over words, and I know that people do it right, but it's just unfortunate. We even have a... Con there is a whole teaching out there that's titled Precepts, Teachings. And if you go back and read the context of line upon line, precept upon precept, God was mad when he was saying that. He was saying, all right, daggone it, y'all going to act like that, I'll speak to you like that. He doesn't want to speak to us like that. So we had these, and, and then we lauded that kind of thing. Like, oh, that's the great thing. How to understand the Bible. We got this system developed. And it's not God. Now, I'm not saying anything about that particular one because I've never personally did it. But, anyways, this is how you do it. You don't know how to do it? This is, I can show you a little bit. This is how you start Romans 12, 1 through 2. This is simple. Y'all stumbling over, the, like, like Kathy Waller saying, everybody wants something. Real clever, you're going to stumble all over the simplicity. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The mind gets renewed when we present our bodies, which includes our mind, to God. Okay? When we present it to Him, Okay, now this is, I'm just going to tell you how I do it. Okay, I mean, everybody has different ways, but this is how I apply that in Bible. Is I read the Bible, and I, I ask, just, Lord, I invite you, here's my mind, I present myself to you. Speak to me through your word. And so I read what I'm reading real slow. I don't read it, I've got to get this chapter done, I've got to read my chapter today, I've got to, you know, do my quiet. I don't do it like that. I read it slow. If I don't, if I got five minutes, I'm going to read two or three minutes worth a Bible for my five minutes of time. You know, and I'm going to read it and I'm going to be still after I read it and I'm going to wait on the Lord. Okay? And, when, and wait on the Lord to speak to me through what I just read. And then what happens when I do that, guess what? A verse that I just read is highlighted into my mind. It just comes in. And usually they're verses I'm not even thinking about. They're verses you and I would normally read over because they don't matter. They're not part of the big picture. They're not part of the program. But it just happened to be the part of the program that God wanted to speak to me. And He brings it into my mind. And then what I do is I write that Scripture down. And then when I'm writing it, another word that I didn't even see when I read it jumps out at me. And I realize that's my that's that's it for me. That's God speaking to me. And then I pray over it. And what I do is I actually write a prayer out over it. What I'm 
what I'm getting. And this morning I read a scripture about Paul, and he was talking about he always had a good conscience before God and before men. It just sort of stuck out to me, but I didn't catch the part about and before men. When I was reading it, I just thought, yeah, everybody needs to have a good conscience before God, you know, because, you know, you're gonna, he's going to judge you. But you also need to have a good conscience before men. As I began to write it, the Lord began to show me about having a good conscience before people. Also, I would have never called that without taking the time and letting the Holy Spirit reveal that to me. Okay? That's, a simp- that's simple. But that's God talking to me, saying, Byron, you need to have a good conscience before people. You're not getting it, buddy. And let me show it to you. Oh, good conscience. Yeah, I know that the blood cleanses my heart from the evil conscience. But I didn't really think about, Lord, having a good conscience before people. Lord, I just pray you'd show me what that really means, what that really looks like. And see, that's how God speaks. And I'm telling you, 75 to 80% of what God has sent me, He gives it to me right out of the Bible. That's simple, isn't it? That's not me. That's the Holy Spirit giving me that. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for Him to speak to me. Y'all got that? I mean, it's easy, man. I'm telling you, it's easy. It's easy to hear God. But we're getting so stuck on other stuff, we don't hear Him. And we miss Him. I told you, I got six minutes. I told you about my little story of being here on a Wednesday night a few weeks ago. Oh, man, I was really going to hear the Lord and get touched by the Lord. I was going to get up here and lay around and soak. And I was going to get prayed for. I was going to get prophesied for. And I couldn't hear nothing from God. I was just looking around. Is there any kind of revelation in the room? Is there any portal from heaven opening over me? Is there any angel going to walk in and I'm going to see? And I was just so bummed out. So finally I gave up. And I went over and sat down and talked to a person. And this person starts talking to me and said, Hey, Byron, let me pray for you. The Lord showed me something. Okay, pray for me. So he prays. Well, I appreciate that, man. The Lord bless you. We'll see you later. Oh, I see this person. I think I'll go greet them. I go sit down there and we start talking. I said, Hey, I had this dream about you. And they start telling me what that guy just prayed for me. Like, exactly. Uh, guess what? Duh. I'm sitting here thinking, where's the angels at? Where's this at? Where's that? God's talking to you, stupid! <laughs> guess what? 2.30 in the morning, I get a phone call. Byron, that bomb's going off at that stupid church. <laughs> he didn't say stupid. That's what I thought. That stupid church. <laughs> the bomb's going off. They didn't want me to go up there. <laughs> so I get up. Walk out the door complaining as I pull my pajamas on, thinking I gotta get my act together because I go talk to the police. You don't want to be nice and not be an idiot because they're over here helping you in the middle of the night. Walk out the door, it's raining. <laughs> so I'm walking here in the rain, trying to decide whether to be mad or glad. You know, <laughs> like decide. Okay, I believe God's got me here. He woke me up. Lord, speak to me. Now come here and deal with the police and be nice to them, thank them, bless them, encourage them. Start walking back to the house in the rain, and all of a sudden, oh no, those two conversations. God was talking to me, and I was missing Him. You hear what I'm saying? I was totally missing it. And the Lord said, Byron, I've been trying to talk to you for a while, and you've been missing it. I've got a lot to say to you, and you're missing it because you're looking in the wrong place. This is where you start. Start here, right here. And then he began to say, and this is what he told me, repent. I want you to repent about my word. Repent from trying to understand my word. Repent from studying my word. I'm thinking, what? And Lord, it's in the Bible. I can show it to you in the Bible. You can't tell me that. I'm hearing voices. It's in the middle of the night, you know. 
That's what you think in the middle of the night. No. So I find out I wasn't hearing voices. I was hearing his voice. And he was saying, you know, there's a whole other level of revelations coming. And there's a whole other move of the Holy Spirit that God wants to release into the church. But you're going to miss it because you are not grounded in my word. You're not letting the word be the number one deal in your life. You're not letting that be the primary way I speak to you. You're, you're getting to emphasize other things. And as you go back to this as a basis, I'm going to still speak to you through these other things. Believe me, he wants to do that. Uh, Isaiah 118. Are y'all good? I hope you are, because this is wonderful, man. So, man, the Lord just has got a lot to say to everybody, really. Every person in this room has got a lot to say to you. He wants to speak to you. There's a lot to be said. There's a lot we need to hear from, from him. But it says, come and let us reason together. You know what I like about that? Uh, come and let us reason together. Okay, so that's important that we get reasoning together. That's how you use your natural reasoning. You, re- you use it with God. Now, that's important. That's because God gave us an intellect, and he likes our intellect. The problem is that he wants control of your intellect. That's, that's the key to all of it. You have to give him control of your reasoning power when it comes to spiritual things. And when you give him control of your reasoning power, then he can use your reasoning. So you can have this conversation with God about things. You can talk to him about things. You can talk to him about the Word. You can pray over the Word. You can speak in tongues over the Word. You can ask him questions. Somebody asked me a question yesterday about, why do you think the Lord said it? And I'm trying to give him all these logical answers, and I realize, heck if I know. You know, I'm giving you logical answers. They're not right. Just, we, just pray over it and see what he shows you. I don't know. If he shows me something later, I'll tell you. But I don't know. I don't know the answer. I'm not supposed to know it. I don't have to know it. Man, is that not a relief? Oh, God, I don't have to know everything. I don't really have to have an you know, answer for every person to ask me about a scripture. Now, that's a relief to me personally. I don't have to have the answers. God has the answers. I might not be able to explain it. But the cool thing about it, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. They are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's a great way to show you. He's given us a great hint about how he shows us stuff. See, let's reason together, and then he starts showing them something. Did you get it? He shows them this picture so they can see it. Are y'all seeing what I'm saying to you? He gives them a... I'm telling you great hints about hearing God. I'm telling you great hints I had to find out on my own. This is revelation. This is the way God speaks to us. He gives us pictures. He gives us thoughts. They rise in us. And we see them. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my sins are like scarlet. I know exactly what scarlet... I don't know what scarlet looks like, personally, but some them people did. I know it's bad. <laughs> evidently because that's the way sins are and then he said they'd be white as snow I can see snow can you see snow so when you read the Bible the pictures he gives us see them and when you see them he'll talk to you through them are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you when we ask the Lord and we give our mind to him we can trust him that he's going to speak through us I'm telling you wow is it the right words you, you got it alright let me just read this last one this is good because God wants to do more. All right, First Corinthians, this is the summation of everything I just said. I could have just wrote, read this into you and said it all and been done because it says it all right here. God has revealed them, 
It's talking about things of the Spirit, stuff He has for us, to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. No one. I don't care how much you know. You don't know the things of God. Period. Let's confess. Father, anybody want to make this confession with me this morning? Father, I do not know the things of God. I tell you I don't. And everything that I have ever learned apart from from you, Lord, concerning the Bible and concerning spirituality, I lay it down at your feet. I repent from it. I give it away. I don't want it no more. It's just trash. It's dung, as Paul called it. It's just dung. And I repent from it. And I want to empty my mind of all that. I want to empty my mind of human knowledge about spiritual things, about the Word of God. So you can come fill it up with what you reveal to me. Just come, Lord. I ask you right now. I've emptied my mind. I confess my sins. Whoa, that's good. See, that's what he's doing. Just do that. If you really want to do it, that's how you get a download right there. Easy. It's easy. Okay. (laughs) Now we have received not the spirit of the world. Yay. Yay, God. But the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Isn't this wonderful? Freely given. Freely. Everybody say freely. God wants you to enjoy some stuff. He wants you to be able to get from the Bible not hard, but it's free. He hands it to you. This is really good. Now, let me just say this. This ain't the whole story. Everything I can't tell you the whole story today about hearing God, but this is a big, big, this is important here. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches. That's good. But which the Holy Spirit teaches. Everybody say, Holy Spirit. I want you to be my teacher. I don't want man to be. You can speak through man. You can speak through a jackass! <laughs> if you have to. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now, I mean, like, anyways. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Let's just say that, Lord. We know our natural man can't receive it. I, I, Lord, I'm offended by the Lord's stuff. Still am. Always will be. My natural man will always be according to the Bible. Okay? I can't receive it. They're foolishness to the natural man. My carnal man hates what God does, actually. He can't stand it. It's foolishness. But I don't want to be ruled by my natural man. I want to be, I want to be ruled by my, my, the renewed mind, the spirit man that's in me. And I want to bow to that and get rid of all this other stupid yeah. stuff. So when people tell me when the Lord's moving, this is, this is craziness, and I think, yeah, it is what it does. But, but of course it is because that's the way it's supposed to be. You're just agreeing with the Bible. <laughs> that's why I tell them. You're exactly right. It's foolishness to the natural man. And you're looking at it naturally. That's why. But you know what? When you see it spiritually, you fall in love with it. You fall in love with it when you see it spiritual. And then the Lord starts letting you see it naturally once you fall in love with it spiritually. He lets you see the fruit of what He's doing. He lets you see lives change. He lets you see people healed. He lets you see people delivered. 
He lets you see people who are brokenhearted that they, God's touch on their life. That is wonderful when you get to start seeing those with your natural eyes. And you realize, oh my gosh, the thing I hated is the thing that did this. You know, it's just, just, that's the way God is, though. I mean, but it's really great. Isn't it great? I mean, isn't it great that the Lord saves people? There was a woman who came to church here a couple of weeks ago. Remember when that fire tunnel? Y'all remember when all the women got up here? And this woman who was not a Christian came through the fire tunnel. Okay, she was not a believer. She didn't know the Lord. And she was crying and carrying on. So Becky prayed for her. And then at the end of the service, Paula Oreck led this woman to the Lord. Oh, that's really church growth, man. That's really the way to get people saved is have a fire tunnel. <laughs> What's a fire tunnel? Well, that's just the way to enjoy the Lord. God saved her. Well, I tell you what, I'm thinking fire tunnels might be from God now. You know, maybe not every one of them, but sometimes they are if God moves on it, you know. I love all that now. God saved her. She went through it, and as she was going through it, God touched her. And she came out of it, and she was really touched. And I don't know what Becky was thinking when she prayed for her, but when Paula prayed for her, I would ask her, you know the Lord? No. Well, you want to know the Lord? Yes. <laughs> I really do want to know the Lord. This is good. <laughs> Anyways. So, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So that's how we know the Bible, the spiritually discerning the Bible. You will start reading the Bible and loving the Bible when God begins to talk to you through the Bible. You will find it to be a rigorous exercise and if you don't have very much natural discipline, you will quit reading it pretty quick. I, I'm going to tell you this. I've been very, I'm a disciplined person, so I've been able to read the Bible for years. But I have discovered this. God is saying, no, that is just as crummy as somebody not reading it. It doesn't make you special that you read the Bible all the time if you're reading it and not discerning it by the Spirit. If you're just reading it from a natural plane, it is no different from not reading it at all. Your butt, you're just as bad. You just don't even lift yourself up on that deal. That's what he told me. Because I used to tell people that all the time. Well, I've never read a day in my Christian life where I hadn't read the Bible. I'm sort of proud of it. And if I'm somewhere where I don't have a Bible, I have certain verses memorized. And the Lord's saying, that ain't doing you no good, Byron. That's just arrogance. Because all that is just your carnal man. Now, you can memorize stuff. You can read the Bible. That's wonderful. I'm not saying there's a wrong. But when you're doing it apart from him then it's, it's no good it's worthless it's dust in the wind but then it says are y'all, do y'all understand that I'm not putting down reading the Bible and meditating on the Bible I'm putting down doing it in a way that the Bible doesn't teach do it because I want all of us to hear God and I want all of you reading the Bible and I want all of you meditating in the Bible regularly I think it's alright this is my feeling I think it's unexcusable for a Christian not to have a life in the word now, I really do. We have no excuse not to. If you can't read, get a tape. Get somebody to read it to you. You know? Seriously. Yeah. But don't do it just out of your natural self. Be diligent towards the Word. God wants to talk to you. He's got some things to say to you in it. It's important. So when you're out in a situation where you don't have the Word you're knowing what the voice of God sounds like a lot better than the people who and can really flow in it. And when God begins to do something different, you can step into what He's doing different because you're, you're connected. Because He promised us we would be. He promised us we could hear His voice if we was grounded in His Word. 
That was the first verse. He promised it. I didn't promise it. He promised us that. And then it says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Amen? 